The Physician's Road. Create your life in medicine, on your own terms. Today, we are on the path to wealth. Today, on the Physician's Road podcast, we discuss commercial real estate investing, specifically the light industrial space. We go over what exactly that is, some of the investment metrics that drive the light industrial market, and how to successfully build a team to own and operate this asset class. Go to www.thephysiciansroad.com forward slash light industrial, that's L-I-T-E, industrial, all one word, to download our investment white paper to learn more about how to invest in this asset class. That's www.thephysiciansroad.com forward slash L-I-T-E, industrial. The Physician's Road is brought to you by Vernonville Asset Management. Vernonville Asset Management was created to help physicians build wealth and create income beyond Wall Street. Through our exclusive private investments, doctors can begin to free themselves from the burdensome regulations in healthcare by creating income streams independent of medicine. Go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get your free report, Wall Street's Biggest Lie. Again, go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get Wall Street's Biggest Lie and free yourself today. Welcome everyone to the Physicians Road podcast. I'm Dr. Eric Tate. Today we're going to be talking about a different kind of asset class that many of you may not be familiar with and that is light industrial. Um, for those of you who are not familiar, we're going to kind of make a distinction between light industrial and kind of heavy industrial and we'll go into what that is. And this format is going to be a little bit different because we actually have three real estate experts in really three different areas to talk about this. We have Bill McGrath, CCIM, who's president of Land Park, and they do leasing, brokerage, and property management. We're going to have Todd Carlson from Huntington. Um, he's Houston's most respected, one of Houston's most respected retail brokers with a diverse knowledge base, including investment sales, land acquisition for development, and development project analysis. And we also have Brad Porter Esquire, a real estate attorney here. He's actually one of my real estate attorneys here, um, and litigator extraordinaire. And so what we're going to have is almost a roundtable of expertise around kind of the light industrial space. You may get a little bit of some self-storage, um, but what we want to do is bring it to you from the perspective of someone who's a potential investor and what that would look like. So we're going to start with Bill McGrath to kind of give us an overview of the asset class from a macro level, and we'll take it down from kind of the U.S. to Texas and then since we are, are in Houston, down in Houston. Um, and then we'll move into Todd and Brad to talk about being owners in the space um, and kind of what they've seen on the ownership side from kind of the legal side and then from the sales side, as well as kind of what experience they've had from being an owner in the space. So let's start with, with Bill. So Bill, I gave you a little bit of overview on kind of your background, but, but give the listeners a little bit more information about who you are and what you, what you do and your extensive experience in the space. Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, I've been in the uh, commercial real estate business for about 30 years since the late 80s and received my CCIM designation in 1993. I've spent the majority of my real estate career in uh, multi-tenant multi office and industrial projects, both from an asset management and property management uh, and leasing uh, perspective. Uh, uh, I worked for the majority of my career. I worked for a public company, became president of that company where we managed about 120 properties across the country. And then about five years ago, I decided to start Land Park Advisors 
and provide more of a boutique service where we could be more focused on specific assets and uh, basically just really focus on certain markets and certain asset classes where we could deliver superior performance uh, regardless of market conditions. Got it. And so, and can you talk a little bit about the asset classes that you all are focusing around? So primarily today we're, we're multi-tenant office, industrial and retail, and uh, we also have a self-storage division. Got it. Perfect. And so let's take it, because again, a lot of our listeners aren't familiar with this space. So light industrial, how would someone define that kind of in the commercial space of, of real estate investing? Sure. So your light industrial properties are usually less capital intensive than your heavy industrial properties, uh, more consumer oriented than uh, the business oriented larger properties. Uh, Typically, your light industrial properties uh, produce small consumer goods um, and and are produced by end users. Um, Basically, uh, I'd say in 2017, uh, we successfully purchased a light industrial property in Southwest Houston. That project's doing very well, and it's got a nice mix of, of small to medium-sized uh, businesses. Okay, so let's, let's, let's do a little deeper dive. So you said consumer-oriented small businesses. So what does that look like? So if somebody's driving, I'm sure people drive by it all the time. What does the building t- 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 typically look like? What are the types of businesses that you often see in them that people don't even realize are happening, right, kind of in an industrial space? Sure. So your smaller industrial spaces are could be anything from your small contractor to landscaping company just looking for a place to store to a little bit larger. Uh, let's say, um, you know, we just signed a lease today for 18,000 feet and it was an LED sign company on an industrial space that uh, we had in Southwest Houston. Um, we signed a lease last month for 25,000 feet, and that was a, uh, it was a company that provides warranty service for, for different TV manufacturers like LG and, and Vizio and that type. And, and uh, for the most part, though, and especially in Houston, you have quite a few different small business owners that, that need a little bit of office space and maybe uh, a lot of warehouse space. Got it. And so let's juxtapose that just so people can, can have something in their mind to, to, to look at it. Heavy industrial. Who are the typical people in heavy industrial and kind of how big does that footprint tend to, to be? Sure. So your heavy industrial users are, you know, your national tenants uh, looking for larger industrial properties, maybe crane ready properties. Uh, in Houston, of course, your oil and gas companies are, are, uh, comprise quite a bit of, of that. And uh, so much, much larger distribution type, e-commerce type uh, tenants. Got it. And so, let, so let's talk about it from an investment standpoint. So what are the metrics that drive the light industrial space? So again, the, uh, the, the light industrial space is in Houston is a, is a very tight market. And with the growth that Houston and the migration in Houston, there's a constant uh, demand for that type of space. In fact, we have a mix of larger spaces and smaller, and, and the, the demand for the smaller space is, is, is much more significant. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the, on, a, on a national scale, the demand for industrial space has been significant. Um, uh, Growth for the ninth straight year has uh, outpaced supply, and that continues to happen. Uh, tenant demand has pushed uh, 
for the 10th consecutive year, uh, the national industrial vacancy rate down to about four and a half percent, which is the lowest on record. Got it. And so are there any specific areas of the country? And you and if you can't answer this well, just let me know if we were to look at it. So if I'm an investor, let's say I'm not in Houston, but I'm an investor. Where in the country are you seeing kind of that um demand outstripping supply? Uh, are there particular regions? So we know Texas is probably one. Are there other regions in the country that people should be keeping an eye out for? So so just across across the board, industri- industrial demand is up. Uh, I wouldn't name any specific market that's doing better than others, uh, except for those that where there's a, if you factor in e-commerce or uh, you know, right now with the uh, Amazon doing the last mile delivery, uh, we're starting to see some of that activity. And, and in fact, uh, last week received our first uh, uh, request for for that type of use of a property. Got it. Okay. And so while Amazon appears to be decimating some of the retail side of things, this side of the business is actually benefiting from that. So we have a, a kind of an ebb and flow happening right now, would you say? Absolutely. Perfect. And so let's talk about kind of the downside, potential headwinds that someone who would be coming into this space for the first time, what do they need to be mindful of coming in or buying, trying to buy into in this space? Sure. So uh, industrial real estate is a unique part of the commercial real estate industry. It can be very lucrative. Uh, some of the advantage for industrial par- uh, properties are, um, number one, long-term tenants. Typically, you're going to get a three to a 10-year lease. Uh, the longer the lease, the more stable the investment is for the investor. Um, typically, you'll see higher yields due to the longer leases, fewer market fluctuations, and less turnover. Uh, investors may see a greater return on their investment. Um, and in some markets, industrial properties have higher rents, uh, which in turn lead to higher yields. Uh, another thing I like about this asset class is the low maintenance. Uh, industrial spaces are relatively easy to maintain compared to other commercial spaces, especially since the tenants in most cases are responsible for their own repairs under the lease. Uh, some of the pitfalls, I would say, of course, the global economic and political climate today. Uh, the unanticipated challenges could certainly emerge uh, even this year. Um, also, a thing you want to keep an eye on is a tenant rollover. If you've got a, uh, a large tenant or tenants uh, occupying 20% more of the property that are rolling over, um, make sure you do your due diligence uh, prior to closing on that transaction. Know the stability of that tenant and uh, what their plans are past their uh, lease expiration date. Got it. And so let's talk about the, you talked about the macroeconomic environment in terms of, are you, were you referring kind of to the trade wars and those kinds of things that could be a pitfall? Well, just the economic climate as far as interest rates and and the political climate, uh, do we continue to see the growth that we've seen or does that change over the uh, the coming uh, next couple of years? Got it. And then you said tenant rollover. So 20%. So if there's one tenant who is more than 20% of your um, footprint space, what, how would someone be able to do due diligence on that tenant? What would that look like? So basically, we, we, whenever we are looking at acquiring a property, we're brought in to do the feasibility study. We'll interview the tenant. Uh, we'll look at their financials. Uh, we'll look at the tenant and how long they've been there, what, what their future growth needs are. And, uh, and just you don't want to be, you don't want to be caught by surprise uh, that 
you know, you have a tenant that size and they end up not renewing their lease. So you want to know what their plans are. Uh, do they need, uh, do they need more space? Can you accommodate their growth? Um, and that's, that's very important. Got it. And so your firm is a firm that someone could hire, let's say that they wanted to own this space. Your firm or a firm like yours is something that someone could hire to help them with feasibility and doing this due diligence around um, the, the viability of, a, of, of owning it? Yes, yes. In fact, we're doing that on a number of projects right now. Got it. Clients. Okay. Perfect. That's good to know. Um, and so for those listening that there are advisory firms out there that can help you through the process of buying this. And so is that something that brokers typically do or is it a separate advisory firm that tends to help with that? There are brokers that'll probably refer you to someone that can do it, but we provide full service. So we'll, we'll do the full feasibility study and uh, we'll, we'll bring in uh, appropriate vendors and whatnot to do uh, inspections, whether it's a property condition assessment. We personally interview all the tenants or at least the key tenants. Uh, and then we put that all in a nice package and bundle it up and send it to the, uh, to the sponsor. Got it. Perfect. Um, and does your, does your firm do, um, it does leasing as well. So you also have, um, do, do you all help them with the leasing process afterwards after closing the transaction? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we, we also look at opportunity in leasing. And so we look at uh, where's the upside? Can we push rents? Can we push occupancy? How has this property been run previously? What, what, what are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? Um, and then we're always looking for, on a property of this type, we're always looking for a value add opportunity. What is the opportunity to add value for the investors? And typically, if you look, if you find a property that's been maybe mismanaged or is not marketed correctly, uh, the, the occupancy is uh, below market, you're buying it at an above market cap rate. Uh, that to me is, that's an opportunity there. And that's the type of deals we're looking for. Perfect. I think that is a great way to wrap up your portion of the, of the interview. I think you've given people a good understanding of the, 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 overall marketplace and what an advisory role plays kind of in purchasing. So it's not just necessarily your broker that you're going to be talking to um, in terms of trying to buy these assets. There's also a role for an advisor to come in that's semi-independent. doesn't mean that they can't also have a brokerage portion of it, but they should be walking you through the process of who they think should be in there and helping you through that process. So let's pivot a little bit now and, and go to Todd Carlson. And so Todd um, has a varied background. He's an owner, investor, as well as he works professionally in real estate. And so, uh, Todd, can you give the people kind of a little bit more of your background than, than the blurb that I gave? Sure. Uh, and thanks for having me on. Uh, kind of typical story. Came out of college, didn't know what to do. So I uh, had a couple sales jobs and found my way to a national firm, uh, Marcus and Millchap and uh, got on as a, what they called at the time, a sales intern. That meant you made a little bit of money, uh, but learned about all the different asset classes, industrial, like we've talked about, uh, self-storage, hotel, um, and went from that and focused on retail, worked there for about six years, and then uh, partnered up with a local developer, management company, leasing company, kind of a full-service company, Huntington, uh, owned by Sandy Aaron, and um, helped him with developments and uh, basically became the principal of the investment sales division there. So that meant taking everything that was either produced in-house through 
ground up development or third party clients or existing assets that we purchased either in partnerships or uh, Sandy purchased or I purchased or Brad purchased or whoever taking that from the purchase cycle of, you know, buying the asset, adding the value and then ultimately exiting the asset. Got it. And so can you give us a little bit of, so what different asset classes have you kind of done that life cycle with just to give the listeners a thought process through what you've seen in the real estate space? And I'll distinguish between me as an owner and me as a um, middle market broker. Meaning no, absolutely. absolutely. That, that just transacted the deal. So as an owner, I've had a variety of ground up retail experience, single tenant and multi-tenant. We've done some self-storage and we've done uh, a couple of projects that I would say deemed medical. Uh, as a broker, uh, I've pretty much brokered everything from apartments to office to industrial, self-storage, pretty much everything but hotels. And we've looked at every. well, I did sell a hotel that we ended up tearing down. But um, we, we look at everything from the replacement cost through a cash flow analysis to understand what an unlevered cap rate is. And we go as deep as developing Argus runs and IRR. So someone could effectively see what their five, seven or 10 year uh, internal rate of return would be and ultimately what their pro forma cash flow would be. Okay, so you said, you said a term that I'm not sure people are necessarily familiar with. You said Argus run and you said IRR. So can you explain exactly what those are? They're intertwined. So an Argus program is a program that you put assumptions in and your cash flow pro formas will spit out in IRR. So essentially what you need is you need a going in price, you need the closing costs, and you need your assumptions of rent growth or if you have options or um, different other stair steps on, on rents. And then you put in a uh, expense model that says taxes are going to grow by this. Uh, maintenance will grow by this. We're going to leave this much for tenant improvements, for capital reserves. And essentially you come up with uh, a yearly cash flow. Discounting that cash flow over inflation, which is usually 3%, yields an IRR which is an internal rate of return, effectively what your dollar is today worth in 10 years, five years, seven years, whatever period you run it over. Perfect. So you've basically done a comparative analysis in your personal life and also in your professional life in terms of your own portfolio and, and what you do professionally across multiple asset classes. So it would, would it be um, accurate to say that you've had, you, you've had a good, deep dive knowledge of the financing of all of different kinds of asset classes. Exactly. That's sort of my specialty is financial modeling, understanding what are good assumptions, because if you don't put good assumptions in, you don't get good results out. Um, I think that's sort of my, my strength. I have an economics degree from Wisconsin, very heavy in finance and understanding uh, how to value cash flow. Perfect. Now, we're going to flip to Brad. So, Brad Porter, um, as I said, uh, real estate attorney extraordinaire here in Houston. Um, give the people a little bit of your background, um, just professional background. And then after we do that, we'll kind of have you, because you and Todd have done projects together. And so, we'll get into that as well. So, but give the people a little bit about your background, um, Brad. Yeah, Eric. Um, so, I've been practicing since uh, 2005 in the city of Houston 
and the surrounding areas. And that's where my practice is, is, is typically uh, somewhere around Houston. Uh, but I've been involved in deals and construction and disputes all over the state, all over the, the country. Uh, what I do, I'm, I'm commercial real estate law in Texas. And what that means is, you know, I help people buy, sell, develop, finance, and then also deal with issues involving commercial real estate. Uh, I've been involved in almost every asset type in investment real estate, but always investment real estate. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I've not gotten into the homes as much, but when people own apartment complexes, that's when I would step in. And so um, I've learned quite a bit. I've had a front row seat about what works and what doesn't work. I've been involved in, in clients trying to develop things that, you know, I've had some reservations about and uh, and I've seen what works and I've seen what doesn't work. And I've, and I've learned so much from other people. And, you know, I've also learned how to be a more effective advocate to get clients out of disputes or uh, sometimes even getting into disputes, understanding that there's value in litigation as well. So I've been involved in helping people finance transactions, much like Todd and and that's where Todd and I started running into each other almost from the very beginning, uh, back in 2004, 2005. I ran into him uh, since then, uh, you know, helping people buy, sell, develop, finance, real estate. And that is typically in my, my professional career, that's what I do. Uh, with respect to my own investments, uh, it's really taking, it's borrowing from all the lessons that I've learned uh, from other people and, you know, giving, giving myself the benefit and giving myself, uh, giving my partners that benefit as well. Perfect. And so you've seen when the deals go bad and they go ugly. And with that, you can help people um, kind of figure that out on the outside, but you can also do that for yourself, uh, which is, I think, very important because you and Todd are also um, real estate investors. And so you have gotten to the point where you all made a decision to put your own capital into different types of projects, knowing everything that you know, right? And so let's talk a little bit about the types of things that you've, you've invested in and why and, and kind of what that looks like. Sure. What I've tried to concentrate on are things that I feel like I can add value to. And, you know, value means a lot of different things. Uh, but it, what we're talking about in investment real estate is something where there is income coming from that property. And I, I try to concentrate on properties that uh, I believe that I can create more income from property because there's a direct correlation uh, between the amount of income produced and the amount of value in a piece of real estate. The piece of real estate can look, it can look ugly. It doesn't have to look like the Taj Mahal to be worth a ton. And it's really based on how much income is produced from that property. So that's what I try to do is, you know, and it looks like it, it never, you never really know when uh, you're going to be able to add value until you start digging into it. So you start talking to the tenants, uh, you start having to look at where the leases are, how long the leases are, how much they're paying. And, you know, Todd and I have done several deals together that 
it was precisely that where we've we've gone in and we looked at the leases and they were uh, under market and we looked for something where the term was short and we believed that we could go in and add value because the leases were under market. Uh, I've worked with Land Park in their self-storage component and they've helped me add value to real estate. So you buy it on uh, one value and then you go in and you add value through the leasing and uh, then you can create you can create wealth that way. You create wealth through uh, the generation of additional income from already in income producing properties. And I've been real helpful. Or I've been real happy working with Land Park and their self storage component because they've literally created wealth for me. And you know the I've been involved in industrial, uh, retail, and. Uh, self-storage among other properties and I'm sure we can get more into that if you want but really that's what we look for is you know how can I go into this property and create value out of the existing leases um, or create new value out of the property and and what about you Todd because I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to land park but not land park as a company but land park as an as an idea so how about you Todd how did you what made you decide to go into the asset class that you did and what did that look like for you? Uh, exactly kind of mirroring what Brad said. We try to identify something that is overlooked or we're being able to buy it on today's cash flow. We know we can create more cash flow through buying something at 80% leased and leasing it to 95%. Um, what, what's always been help for me is this is what I do every day. I'm evaluating deals for buyers. I'm pricing deals for sellers. So I'm almost sitting at every single uh, table or every single seat at the table and kind of like Brad can see things before they happen. I'm able to effectively pro forma values to a very uh, tight margin. And so when we find an opportunity uh, that we can do this, which are very difficult to find in today's market, we tend to jump in, you know, feet first. And so explain to me what a company like uh, Land Park does. So again, how, would you be buying these kinds of assets if you didn't have uh, that kind of team in place to help you all? Well, you know, since I've worked firsthand with these guys quite a bit, I mean, I can tell you they've um, buying, buying anything where it's multi-tenant, it's, you're buying a business to some extent. And so it's, it's difficult to be hands-off and passive in a business, especially when you're, you know, you're trying to create value. Uh, you've got to be very active in it. And you need a partner who is a day-to-day -day partner that's going to be there and is going to be handling the small stuff. Uh, Land Park has helped me with the project that, well, two projects that I've had where people were stealing money. And so I think, you know, it, it is very easy for, it's very easier to uh, try to slip things through unless you you've got to have somebody that's there all the time really looking at it so i i think that you've got to have somebody there all the time and land park's been very good about that but i've been most pleased on one project where we started out about 75 percent occupied and 
you know, I was getting it part of the way there, but they've created so much more value for me. And, you know, again, you know, thinking about if you've got, if you create $10,000 more a year in income, you know, that could be an additional 100,000 or it could be 200,000 more in actual uh, value that is being created. So, you know, what seems like a relatively small amount can have exponential results for you. And I, I think that that's really having someone going in, having a day-to-day operations, going through, making sure that you're negotiating the right utility bills and the right maintenance person and overseeing, I think, you know, these little things add up. And the at the end of the, at some point, you're only going to be able to create so much occupancy. And then it's the little things, but the little things add up 10, 20 fold. And when you have that, when you exit, you're going to be very happy. Or when you go and refinance, you're going to be very happy. So these are, these are the type of things that I like to have. Somebody that understands value uh, just like you do because they know how, how you think and they know that, uh, that you're partners in this effectively, that you're happy if, if they created value for you like this. So now I've been very pleased with this, but just as a, um, from my perspective, I just, you're a physician and you know how to do things really well. And I'm an attorney. I know how to do things very well. Uh, and Todd, you know, we, we understand kind of from a 30,000 foot view about, you know, how to move the chess pieces around, but you really need to have somebody there that's actually day-to-day overseeing this stuff. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of that day-to-day operating manager. And like systems that. in place. Having a system like the web self-storage or whatever. I think hiring a land park or a, or a right move self-storage or a Huntington, you, you're basically plugging into a system that's moving down, you know, every day doing these little things. And it's nice to have that backup, that consistency, that, you know, the tenants know that there's someone there they can call and talk to. Whereas uh, us from an ownership level don't need that type of day to day. Um, it's more of an asset management level. Perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. And so, Bill, we're going to throw it back to you, um, not, not to ignore you, but wanted to give the, the owner's perspective for a second. So, in the current marketplace, um, you talked about net nationwide that there's a lot more demand than there is supply. So are you seeing that there are still opportunities for individual investors or groups of investors to participate in this asset class in terms of the light industrial side, let's just say? Absolutely, especially in the Houston market, there are always opportunities. And yes, I believe that, uh, that it's now a good time still to find these opportunities, especially if you can find off-market opportunities, which uh, we've been able to do uh, from time to time. And and, uh, and I wanted to go back to what Brad and uh, Todd said about the, uh, you know, the need for having that operator come in. I don't think there's anything more important to a successful investment than bringing in the right operator. And, uh, and, and I often tell people when they interview us that we will pay for ourselves and I think these two gentlemen would probably agree that that's a true statement. Over time, through economies of scale, we can save money on landscaping, on different trades, on tax joint, you know, coming into our, our property tax uh, pool, that, that sort of thing. On top of managing the day-to-day operations so these guys can go out, continue to go out and find deals. 
Let us run those deals for them. So anyone who knows me knows that I am big on building a team. Um, if you're going to be investing, inv investing is not an individual sport. Um, you want to have people who day-to-day -day job it is, is to make you money, that you are hiring and aligning interest. And so I am a huge believer uh, especially on the management side that you that you hire a top-notch management company that will make your life as the owner a lot easier um, from that standpoint. So, Bill, give the people some information about your company, how they can contact you, um, what your services are, and kind of the things that you like to do so that you're getting the people who are contacting you that are not necessarily wasting your time. Sure. So, uh, like I mentioned uh, earlier on, uh, you know, we, we built Land Park as a small boutique firm that could be laser focused on specific clients and specific properties. Uh, our focus is on helping real estate investors reach their investment potential. We understand and stay in tune with the challenges of today's complex real estate market. And we have a proven track record of overcoming obstacles and growing value. Our philosophy revolves around the idea that our performance is a direct result of the NOI of the asset. Uh, we believe in producing measured results that are communicated on a consistent and transparent basis. We have a portal on our website where the investors can log in uh, real time and get the most up-to-date market analysis, financials, whatever you want posted there. And we believe that uh, we offer uh, <clears throat> a greater service than your large brokers house, brokerage houses because we all have seen what happens that they, you get lost. And, and that's why we, we've, we've managed our growth and we've tried to, uh, to be consistent with providing the, the level of services uh, that our clients have come to expect from us. Got it. So how does someone contact you all and what does that look like? Sure. So visit us at www.landparkco.com. And also, uh, our Right Move Storage is rightmovestorage.com. Uh, visit either site, and you can learn much more about us. And I'll put that on the show notes page, um, so it's it's no problem at all. We'll put that on the show notes for this particular uh, episode, so we'll have the links there for for everyone who wants to learn more and get in contact with you. And so, how about yourself, Todd? Um, how can someone get in contact with 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 you if they need help on the leasing, brokerage, and property management side of things? Uh, Todd at hpiproperties.com. hpiproperties.com is also Huntington's website. And pretty much everyone uses me as a sales comp machine, uh, get valuations, bring asset um, valuations to me to see if I agree with them, go over uh, developments. Uh, so I, I'm a deal junkie. I love seeing any deals people are working on. And generally, I, I know some of the background about deals, especially in the retail space in Houston. Got it. And Brad, how about yourself? For those who have legal needs in and around the Houston area, or I guess technically you help across the country. So um, what does that look like? A website that someone can, can, can interact with you? Sure. Uh, my email address is brad at porterpowers.com. Uh, the email is a good way to get a hold of me. So any last thoughts for anybody that you want to give to the listeners who are, who are looking at investing in any of these spaces? Any, any final thoughts? Sure. Um, you know, just like you said about the team, if once you found your deal and you want to kind of look into it, then, you know, re that, that's when you'd reach out to someone like me just to look at the title and the survey and environmental issues and things like that. 
Uh, and then, you know, land park is real helpful, both in the due diligence and the actual day-to-day ownership. But I, I think that's very important what you said about having a team because most all of us uh, do something other than real estate investment and management on a day-to-day basis. So it's real helpful if you surround yourself with the right type of person or people. Yep, I agree. And I think the, the key is to have, like I said, the right assumptions because a marketing package, um, there, there's there's different things that you can see with experience that maybe uh, us guys being in the business would be able to decipher that someone else might not. So it's always good to get other people's opinions on properties. Bill, are there any final thoughts that you have for um, the listeners? Well, sure. I, I would just say that, uh, again, I, I agree with you and, and with uh, the other guys. Uh, teamwork, it's all about teamwork and uh, the way that uh, you bring in the different players to make sure that your investment is successful. It's all about having the right people in the right place. And uh, we look forward to uh, – some upcoming projects that we have with Brad and Todd and uh, many more uh, uh, to come. Great. I want to thank you guys so much. So we had Bill McGrath from Land Park. We had Todd Carlson from Huntington and Brad Porter from Porter Powers today with us talking about uh, light industrial kind of commercial real estate investing and kind of how to put a team together that's going to help you drive the value of your assets in the future. For those of you who um, want to do a deeper dive on these types of um, talks, you can go to our Facebook group at the Physicians Road uh, on Facebook and just answer the questions and we'll, we'll add you in. Um, and we'll be happy to kind of answer specific questions you may have around these types of things. So again, we want to thank everyone for listening to the, to the Physicians Road podcast today as we're on the path to wealth. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Physicians Road podcast. Go to www.thephysiciansroad.com forward slash light industrial, L-I-T-E, industrial, all one word, to download our investment white paper and to learn more about how you can invest in the light industrial asset class. Again, www.thephysiciansroad.com forward slash light, L-I-T-E, industrial. The Physician's Road is brought to you by Vernonville Asset Management. Vernonville Asset Management was created to help physicians build wealth and create income beyond Wall Street. Through our exclusive private investments, doctors can begin to free themselves from the burdensome regulations in healthcare by creating income streams independent of medicine. Go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get your free report, Wall Street's Biggest Lie. Again, go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get Wall Street's Biggest Lie and free your today. Thank you for listening to The Physician's Road, where you create your life in medicine on your own terms. Please go to thephysiciansroad.com and sign up for your free guides and resources.